Hello and welcome to Twin Talk. This is Angie and I'm here with my sister Joy. And we are in sunny Mena, Arkansas today. If you hear any background noises, it's because we're actually at my son's baseball game. And it's in between games right now. And um, so we're sitting in the, my husband's truck. We have those of you who might be wondering where we've been. It's kind of funny story. Very funny. Very funny. A couple months ago, Joy and I decided we were going to get really serious about Twin Talk. And we sat down and Joy had a pen and paper out and we had our calendars out and we decided, okay, on this date, we're doing this book. On this date, we're doing... And we literally wrote out for the year the names... Yes, of we had our whole year scheduled of when we were going to record and when we were going to release each And we podcast. even knew... It, we knew what book and what day mm -hmm. and more organized than we've ever been yes and here we are almost two months later almost two months since we've released a podcast so don't know really what happened joy what do you think i happened? don't know we had it down on paper and it looks good on paper it, it looked good on paper but then it just didn't happen anyway we're sorry for all of you dedicated twin talk folks out there but we are back and today we're going to be talking about the book decluttering at the speed of life this is a book, oh, the subtitle says, or the tagline says, Winning Your Never-Ending Battle with Stuff. It's a book by Dana K. White. It was published in 2018. And Joy, I feel like this was a book after my own heart. Uh, yes, it was written for you and me. So, Dana, thank you for writing this book for my sister and myself. Yeah. We and appreciate you writing it for us. And what's funny is I feel like in the past that you and I have mentioned our obsession with clutter control. <laughs> yes. I feel like this isn't the first time and we've I mentioned this. I have to this. tell you that. The other day I mentioned to my husband, because we decided we're going to go a whole week without TV. And I said, oh, just think of all the stuff we can clean and organize and declutter. And he goes, you got to quit talking to your sister so much. You weren't into this decluttering until you started, until she got into it. And I said, that is an outright lie. That is an I outright said, that lie. Because you were into it before. I, I have been into decluttering for years and years. It just hasn't been working so great. <laughs> right. But Joy and I have always had a obsession about decluttering. Now, if you came and looked at my house, you'd think, really? Same here. But they if you had seen it, decluttered it all. Yeah, but, but trust me, I've come a long way and I think Joy has too. Yeah. Okay, so let's start off with the definition of clutter. The author's definition of clutter is anything you can't keep under control. And she also mentions that we all have a clutter threshold. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the clutter threshold is the point at which stuff becomes clutter in your home. So not everyone, everyone's cluttering threshold may be different. Yes, like my husband's, if it was a scale of one to 10, <laughs> this would probably be a 10. He doesn't notice clutter. He doesn't care if there's piles of stuff everywhere. Where mine's more like a three, maybe. Some people... Yes, there are people who can live with high amounts of clutter. And yes, there are people and he's like, one of them, and that's what causes problems. I want to get rid of half the stuff, and he wants to keep it. Right. And she talks about that a little bit. Oh, yeah, about how yeah how you have to compromise yes, and things like compromise. that. Okay, so agree or disagree with this statement. Cluttering paralysis is a real thing. Oh, it is absolutely real. I've been paralyzed for years. <laughs> <laughs> I guess in layman's terms, cluttering paralysis, what would you say? I would say for me, mm -hmm. I have like two or three big piles in my bedroom. Mm -hmm. And every time I look at them, I, this fear overcomes me. And I go into this <laughs> literally like 
I just don't even want to look at the pile. But part of me is like, just look, just look. Maybe take one thing. But then I'm afraid, like, if I touch one thing, it's an avalanche is going to happen and everything's going to collapse and I'll have to put the pile back together again. It is so true. <laughs> For me, cluttering paralysis is always before you begin a project because things always seem more daunting than what they really yes, are. Yes, Usually. Okay, so agree or disagree with this one. Decluttering momentum is a real thing. Yes, it is a real thing. If you can ever take that first step and get going, the more you see progress, the more you want to do. Yeah. Is that, do you agree with that? Yeah, I totally agree. I've, I've found like if I'll just do even just one thing, I'll be like, oh, and then I'll see something else. Oh, I know where that goes or I have a mm -hmm. home for that. Yeah, so. and one thing that's helped me, and this, this is something she said in her book, is just look. Just look at the pile, mm -hmm. and you're right. I might go, well, I know where that one thing goes, and, and mm -hmm. I might have to deal. And my thing is decisions. I have to make mm -hmm. a bazillion decisions a day as a teacher. I don't want to have to make any more decisions when I get home. Yeah. And I think she hit on And I never realized that's why I was procrastinating with my clutter, because it involves decisions. Oh, ooh. And I hate, honestly, I think teachers... I, I would love to know how many decisions I make a day, every hour. It's, mm -hmm. I'm guessing, dozens, if so not hundreds. So you are, like, mentally exhausted, and yes. you get home, and you're like, I don't want to make any I, more decisions Exactly, today. and mm -hmm. that's funny, because you've come over and helped me before, and you'd be like, okay, well, where does this go? Or, and I literally am thinking in my mind, I don't know, I don't care, I don't want to think, I don't want to make a decision about where it goes. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And because I'm so mentally fatigued. Yeah, and, and another point we need to make um, is the more things you do get rid of, it, it gets easier and yes, easier to get rid yes. of things. Yes, Once you start getting rid of things, yes, it gets easier. Yeah. Okay, so the reason for me personally, the reason I love this book um, is because, okay, this is no lie. If someone had given me this book 10 years from now and didn't tell me who the author was, my first thought would be, when did I have time to write this book? Right. I mean, it could have been me yes, writing yes. this book. So I had so much in common with this author. It was unreal. Okay, mm -hmm. so here we go. Just real quickly. She loved to go to garage sales and estate sales. Check. Check. She was obsessed, you know, with shopping for pennies. She Check. She sold on eBay. Check. She sold on Facebook. Check. Um, <laughs> now, I put. I had a booth. I actually got to the point where I was like, I'm going to make money. I'm going to sell stuff in a booth. I never right. made money. At an antique yeah. store. Mm -hmm. But the funniest thing she said, because I thought, oh, my gosh, this was me, but I've never been able to vocalize this. Yeah. She saw invisible dollar signs attached to many of her items, and that's yes. why she couldn't get rid of them. Because everything I look at, okay, once you sell something, Joy can attest to this, it's kind of like a high. Yes. yes. When you sell something for the first time and you actually make dollars, yes. whether it's a dollar or 10 or 50, it's addictive. And mm -hmm. so every time I take something to Savers, which is our local donation place or Goodwill, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know I can make 10 bucks off of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? So anyway, but she said kind of what, what, uh, I guess what stirred her to write the book. She got, she says she hit rock bottom. Yeah. And she, and if you read her book, and like I said, we're not going to tell you everything because we want you to read the book, but she talks about how much stuff she had in her house and it is impressive. She said she really hit rock bottom when she realized that how she was, she was living, that her stuff had just taken over. Yes. And that's kind of what happened to me. One day I looked around in my dining room and I had so many boxes of stuff that I was either going to sell in my booth or I was going to sell elsewhere. And I was like, my poor family, we don't, we can't even eat in my dining room right. because of all my stuff. So, yeah, I love how she says your your space your your space is supposed to serve you. Your, your mm. you know, 
It just meant, yeah, if you don't even have room well, to eat, then what's yeah. the point of having the room? And your it's space there to is, serve you. It's supposed to have a purpose. Yes. If, if, if you're not able to eat in your dining room, then it's yes. not serving its purpose. Yes. I just wrote down a few light bulb moments from the book. Even though I'm sharing with you a lot of the really good, the meat of the book, it's still so worth your time to go in and listen to, to, all, to read all of it. Yes. Okay, so here's a few. And honestly, she's funny. Yes. If you listen to this on Audible, she actually, the author actually reads her own book. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff, I just don't think you're going to catch the humor if you don't hear her saying it. I agree. So she's really funny. And yeah. some of the stories she tells, you have to hear her tone of voice. You have to hear how fast or slow she's saying stuff to really get get the humor do you think it was her that was reading the audio um i'm pretty sure it was because Mm -hmm. it it said read by the author oh it did i mean i'll have to double check that i guess Mm -hmm. i could be wrong but the whole time i was reading it i remember thinking this i remember thinking it was her we'll double check okay because it's funny yes yes and it has so many good tips so this was the light bulb moment and me enjoyed both it got both of us. We're both like, ah, okay. This is what she says. This is the key concept. And this is profound and life changing. This is, this is life changing, guys. This is the most enlightening thing you'll ever hear. You are supposed to look at your house and the individual spaces in your house as if they were a container. So your closet's a container. Light, the sun is coming out. That's the revelation. Okay, that's the revelation, and we're going to explain to you what that means. So your closet's a container. If you have a dresser, the each drawer is a container. If you have a shoe rack, that's a container. So those are just some examples. Cabinets in your kitchen are containers. Yes. So look at your house and individual spaces as a container. Except this is the key to life. Here's the key to life, guys. Your container size determines how much stuff you can keep. Ooh. Imagine that. I know. And that was the epiphany for me. That was my light bulb moment. Wait, I can only put as much stuff in the container as the container will wait, hold? Wait, you mean my sock drawer will hold 20 pairs of socks? I can't put 50 pairs of socks in there? That is mind-boggling, Angie. <laughs> exactly. Why are we 50 years old and just now figuring this out? And she, Thank you, Dana. And she, Dana even says in the book, she says, you know... That just never occurred to me that if... if Me either. It it never occurred to me either. Like I was telling Joy right before the podcast, I said, okay, I put all my shoes in my shoe trees and on my shoe racks, and if they didn't fit, then I put them in the floor and up on my shelves. It never occurred to me... Overflow. Overflow. Yeah, what's the big deal? And like my husband, he literally does have, like, I counted them the other day. He has like 60 pairs of socks. Do they all fit in his drawer? No. You know what I did? He'll never listen to this. I went through and I got rid of like 20 pairs of socks. Because who needs 60 pairs of socks? Exactly. Right. So accept that limits are limits. Understanding the container concept eliminates hard decisions and eliminates emotion from the process. Ooh. (laughs) So, and that's a big part of decluttering is when you let emotion play a role, you're not going to get anywhere. Right, wow, Joy? That is so Because true. if you're attached, but when you let the container do the deciding for you, yes. you go, oh, it's not that, it's I, that mean old bad container's fault, not your fault. Exactly. So that was the big lesson from the book was the container concept. And Joy and I were both like, I can't believe I've never thought of this before. And like she said, most people realize this, but for some reason it just never occurred to her until she was like 50. It's the same with us. So that was my first light bulb moment from the book. Okay. My next light bulb moment was she said that she chose to choose the present over the past and the future. And she asked in the book, 
Are you giving priority to things that never happened over things that are happening now? Mm, yeah, I'm very. One. Are you guilty of that? Oh, mine is not about the past. It's about the future. What if we build one day? What if we have a bigger house one day? I'll ha I can put this mirror up. I don't have anywhere to hang the mirror now, but if we have a bigger house one day, I will. I live in the future. Okay, and you know what she said about living in the future? She said- It's pointless. She said, are you assuming that you will know what your future self will like and need? That is so true. I thought that was so good. Angie, I have so many things that hang on the wall, but I have nowhere to hang them right now. Cause mm -hmm. I, okay, we might as well bring this up right now. So I, my house is 915 square feet. Mm -hmm. And Angie's is probably a little over 2,000 square feet? Uh, about 1800 1800 yeah. so angie's house is about 1800 square feet mine's about half that size at 915 square feet mm -hmm. and so my husband and i are always going back and forth back and forth about building a house one day so i have so much stuff that i'm like oh but what if we ever build and, but i love that she said how do you know that your future self will even want that stuff mm -hmm. and, and styles change and mm -hmm. things change and we change and that's mm -hmm. such a good point but yes. i still need you to come over and go Hey, I'm not kidding. I probably have 10 different things to hang on the wall mm -hmm. that are under my bed or in my closet. They're just taking up space. I, I have to agree. Art, for me, art is the hardest thing yes. for me to get rid of, like pictures my sailboat and paintings. Picture. It's it, I have a big sailboat picture that I love. It doesn't match my decor at all. I love the frame. I got it at an antique store for like $65. I mm -hmm. love that picture. I can't let go of it mm -hmm. because I keep thinking, I just love that picture so much, but, but it's sitting in a closet. Yeah. And we even try I tried to sell it at the antique yeah, booth, but it never it, sold. It never sold. The next thing she says is the size of your house is not the problem. I have a different perspective than my sisters. And to me, our older sister Jeannie and Sherry and you, to me, y'all have, to, this is just my opinion, y'all have tons of storage. Yes, you know, in yes, my, to me. Yes. And I heard Jeannie or you or Sherry, one of y'all were complaining about not enough storage one day and I thought I would kill for mm -hmm. the storage. It's all about perspective. But like I said, it really isn't the size of your house. You're, That's not really the problem. Right. Uh, the problem is, is are things fitting in your container? Yes. You know, it's, but I will tell you this, Joy. When I do come over and help you clean your house and uh -huh. stuff, it is stressful because, mm -hmm. Joy, because, it, you know, you're having to stack dishes and your mm -hmm. pots and pans. And mm -hmm. y'all have a lot of things in your kitchen. Yeah. And uh, it is just so hard when you don't have a place to put stuff. It's true. And that's part of my biggest stress in my life is... Um, where to put stuff mm -hmm. but and i watched this lady on youtube and i wish i could remember her name so i could give her credit right now because she's helped me a lot she's living in a little house it's about a 900 foot square house with her husband and two kids mm -hmm. and we only have one child she said guys the cold hard truth is your house is never going to let get, look decluttered in, until you have less stuff wow it, and she said i don't care how yeah. big your mm -hmm. house is she said until you have less stuff Mm -hmm. It's going to look decluttered. And I thought that is so true. We have way too much stuff for mm -hmm. the size of our container. Okay. The next thing she says, the next light bulb moment was, um, she says, big dreams that require decluttering also require grief. Oh, so she's talking so about, profound. she's talking about like some of us keep stuff because it's a part of a dream that we had yes. like we thought uh, okay like corby bought me this fiddle when we first got married yeah and i've kept it that. in my closet for 
30 years uh-huh. because I thought someday yep. I'm going to pl- I'm going to learn to play the fiddle. Yes. Well, I've come to the realization that's not going to happen, but I can't get rid of it because sentimental. It's sentimental number one that he was kind enough and thoughtful enough to buy me a gift like that when I told him I wanted to learn yep. the fiddle. Um, but it's, it's just really hard. So it's also kind of like, oh, that dream never happened when you actually give it away. It's kind of like that dream never was realized. Yeah. And and so her point is that a lot of us put off decluttering certain things because it it is part of a dream and we, and it Mm -hmm. forces us to realize that that dream either didn't come true or it's not going to come true. And it does. And she says it requires grief. Yes. To, because you really, you literally are grieving the the, the loss, loss of that dream. Of that dream. Right. That, yeah, that's yeah. very true. And I thought this was good. She said stages of grief are real. She says some people have closets full of denial. We don't go through boxes because we assume they will rip our hearts wide open. Oh, wow. That See, I don't remember reading that in the book, but mm-hmm. when I was looking over the outline, that one hit home with me big time. Mm-hmm. I have huge boxes full of old diaries and letters and journals and calendars, and I won't even go near them because I'm like, oh my gosh, there's probably a lot of painful memories in there mm-hmm. that I don't want to revisit. So I'm yeah. like, do I just burn them all? Do mm-hmm. I keep them all? Do I read through them and just go through the grief? I'm not really sure how to handle that. You know, that. I'm that way, too. Like, I can't get rid of old yearbooks. And it's so funny because mm-hmm. I've talked to past, like, people we went to school with. Mm-hmm. And they were all like, oh, gosh, I threw mine away years ago. Really? And like, yeah. And I was thinking, wow, because I'm so sentimental. Me, and too. I, was I thinking, have all my yearbooks. You? But, you know, once again, I never look at them because mm-hmm. I don't know why. And maybe someone out there understands this, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I get a kind of a dread a dread in my gut mm-hmm. when I go to open a yearbook oh really I get this kind of yucky feeling like I don't so you must associate almost, it with I almost with painful memories yes yeah. I feel like there's I don't know why but I feel mm-hmm. like when I look through the yearbooks that it's going to make me sad or mm-hmm. it's going to bring pain and mm-hmm. I don't know why it's not like we had a pretty good I've had a pretty good experience. I don't really wasn't ever really bullied or anything like that. I don't know yeah. why I kind of have that dread. So I've got all these yearbooks, mm-hmm. twelve years worth of yearbooks, or thirteen if you count kindergarten. I know, but I never look at them. Maybe if somebody out there's a psychologist or something, they can get to the bottom of that. But I'll keep them, but I don't want to look at them. Yeah, but I don't want to mm-hmm. get rid of them either. It's really weird. Yeah, they're so. Well, they're a piece of history for one, and they're just very nostalgic, you know. Yeah. I don't think I'll ever get rid of my yearbooks. Yeah. Yeah. So here were a few helpful tips from the book. Um, She said, think of your house as layers instead of one overwhelming task. Mm -hmm. So that way it's easier when you're, you know, you're just looking at it as doing one layer at a time. She says, I thought this was really good. And I was kind of actually already on board with this idea. She says, use sentimental items instead of storing them yes i love that idea example she said pot holders uh she said like say like aunt martha made you some pot holders she says so many people just stick them away in a drawer or cabinet Mm -hmm. she says but that wasn't the intent the intent of the gift was for you to use them. yes yes and she says once you've used them and they're all you know dirty and scarred and and they're unraveling and you throw them away you can feel good knowing that they actually got their use out of them yeah yeah and so joy was laughing at me but i i put down some examples of some things that i have repurposed uh, so my mother-in-law years ago, she she was into making birdhouses, and they are the most adorable little birdhouses you've ever seen. And they put a lot of time and effort mm-hmm. into these. And she gave me probably around six or seven of them. And they've been sitting in my attic all these years. And I told my husband, I was like, I want to use these. And yeah. he was he was like, No, they're just going to get destroyed outside. And I was like, 
But what? Yeah, to me, I'd rather them be outside serving a purpose than just decaying yes. in an attic. So, and I will admit it. We put three of them in my backyard, and when I'm doing dishes, sometimes I will see birds light on them, and I get enjoyment from them. Yeah. Now, are they starting to deteriorate? Yes. Mm-hmm. Am I going to end up throwing them away? Yes. But you know what? I, I got far more joy out yeah. of them using them. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, uh, I have this little knick-knack, and I was getting ready to get rid of it, but I love it so much. It's just, just picture a little concave tray, but it's got a picture of this old English, uh, this old English, uh, picture on it of these two women that are sitting in front of a fireplace. And I just love it. It's a little antique piece. And I just noticed one day it was kind of curved and I was like, you know what? That would make a perfect spoon rest. Yeah. And so I use it in my kitchen as a spoon rest. And then my mom had given me a bunch of these little lace booties when joy and i were babies and they're vintage lace booties they're adorable i was like these are so cute but what am i going to do with them well guess what i used them for them i put them on my christmas tree as christmas ornaments yeah, and they are cute. they are adorable on my tree. yes and cute. they and they look so cute i always wonder what happened to those i'm yeah. glad you have them and uh they're very cute and then the last thing i did was um when we were young we had a sunday school teacher who's still my neighbor and she made us this little ceramic mugs with our names on them and i yeah, use mine in so my laundry cute. room and every time i find loose change i put it in there i always wonder what happened to mine i'll have I to know. find it i did love those cups they're cute so anyway you there's a lot of things you can repurpose if you you can get creative if you just absolutely can't get rid of yeah, it yeah exactly and then she also says do an identity check are you keeping stuff for unrealistic dreams you know and we kind of talked about that a while ago about dreams, you know, but if, if you're keeping something because you're thinking, well, one day I might, you know, you just need to kind of do a reality check and, mm-hmm. and, and think, am I really going to need this or use yes. this? She says, don't make piles of things you'll sell one day. And she says, the more you declutter, the more your perspective will change as you value space over stuff. Yes. And that's true. She said that's one thing that people that have really nice uncluttered homes is they they have learned they've learned that they do that space is more valuable than stuff sometimes. Yes. I was going to play a couple of clips, but I forgot to bookmark them because they're really funny. But I'll just real quickly tell you, she's talking about when you're helping um, someone else declutter. Yeah. She said if they feel like they're being judged. Like, yep. or you're making fun of them. She says they are going to resist it with everything in their mind. And she and the story she told was so funny. She said, like, she was helping some. She said, if you're helping someone and they have, like, a drawer full of mismatched socks and they're old and stretched out and have holes in them, then what you should say is, okay, where would this sock with the holes where do you want to store it and and she says if you just go through the process with yes. them maybe they'll come to see it in their own mind yes. that it's worthless and but she said don't ever just make fun of someone's stuff or make fun of them for keeping something that you don't think they should be yeah. as anyway i thought that was really good is there anything you want to add that was pretty much all i had i think another thing that might make it harder for us to get rid of stuff is how we were raised because we have a mother that is super frugal i think we've mentioned this before Mm -hmm. i mean she has stuff from when we were born i mean she'll use a pot holder till it's threadbare you know she'll use she doesn't believe in you know and she's a depression baby you know Mm -hmm. uh which a lot of people are this way and that's why they have more things than we do they're that they're not they don't throw stuff away. They either fix it or they... She literally uses stuff until it's just shredded. 
Yeah. And um, so having grown up to not be wasteful, mm-hmm. uh, I think makes it maybe people out there who are listening, maybe you have a, a, a mother or father or came from that environment where you don't throw anything away. You don't get yeah. rid of anything. You use it till... You use it till the very last ounce, you know? Yeah. Um, and I agree. I think that's I, made it harder for me to get rid of stuff, too. Yeah, I mean, there's some positives to that, too, though, because we mm. are super aware of not being wasteful. Yes. You know, uh-huh. but on the other hand, I feel like you can you can be on either extreme. You know, mm-hmm. you can almost become a hoarder. And, like, you know, and there's just certain things that once they've been used, they've been used. But yeah. she doesn't, you know, she's, she doesn't really ever see the end. The, an ending for anything. Right. Joy, how many uh, holy socks do you give this book? I give this book uh, <coughs> four holy socks. It, she, It's funny. I, there's a lot of tips in there, a lot of light bulb, aha moments that I'm going to use the rest of my life. I agree. So. Now, I want to give it five holy Ooh. socks because from a from the purpose of the book is to teach you to declutter. The fact that me, I almost feel like I could be a professional declutterer. Mm-hmm. The fact that she taught me things I had never thought of or heard of and it the, the book certainly served its purpose so I give it a five it's one of the okay. best decluttering books I've ever read if you want to get motivated yep. and uh and you need some tips and you just need someone to spur you on this is the book yes for you. I agree okay that's all we had for today and we hope to come back and do sea biscuit eventually we're still <laughs> we're still discussing sea biscuit we love yeah that book. we love it so much we just want to we just want to have this phenomenal podcast because we want to do the book justice yeah and it's going to take a lot of planning and i cannot wait to do sea biscuit one of my favorite books ever hopefully we'll get back on track on our schedule uh hopefully, uh, hopefully summer's anyway. coming so i should be a, a lot better at uh oh yeah keeping appointments all right well that's all folks and we will see you next time on twin, twin talk, talk.